I want to talk to you today about this disease called prejudice. And I know that in a church setting like this and places all across our city and around the world, we, we don't like to necessarily talk about this a lot. But the times in which we live in, we just can't escape it right now. And I'm not just talking about the current events that are happening across our nation and literally around the world. But this thing called prejudice, I believe, has, has really been an illness that for, for a long, long time has, has plagued the body of Christ. And if we're not careful, if it's not dealt with, you know that if an illness or a disease is not dealt with, it can become worse, can't it? And so today, we thought we would just kind of open it up and we're going to deal with this today because there's, if there's ever any hopes of us identifying people in need around us and then responding to those people and the needs and situations that we encounter each and every day, we must get rid of this thing called prejudice. Am I making sense to anybody yet? So that we can be like Jesus here in, in our community. Let me ask you, have you ever been prejudiced towards someone? Have you? Have you ever been prejudiced towards someone? I know it's just, no, not me. Not me. I know some other people, though. That might be a good indicator that you might have a hint of this, right? Have, now, I looked up this word prejudice. Maybe the definition will help you make up your mind whether or not you've ever been prejudiced. When you look it up, here's what it means. It is a preconceived idea or an opinion that is not based on reason or actual experience. Whoa. It is a preconceived idea or an opinion. I know that we don't have opinions. That is not based on reason or actual experience. Now, I know that many of us in this room say, man, we do not condone prejudice. But let's be we probably all have demonstrated prejudice at some point in our life, haven't we? For instance, what comes to your mind when I mention NASCAR? Ricky Bobby? Right? His two sons, Walker and Texas Ranger, and his smoking hot wife, right? You, 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 you think of, of rednecks, the dirty south, you think of dirty country music, don't you? Beer drinkers, guys that dip a lot of snuff, girls that dip a lot of snuff, <laughs> wife beater t-shirts, and boogity, 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 right? We think of that, don't we, NASCAR? See, you've got some preconceived ideas and opinions about NASCAR. I, I, I spent some time this summer up in Colorado. And, 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 and as if I, they didn't notice when I opened my mouth, I, I declared to them, I'm from Texas. And, and they, I could just see their minds all spinning. They had some prejudices about Texans, right? Did you ride your horse to camp? Where's your cowboy hat? And your guns, y'all like your guns. Started to say something that we say in Texas about straight, an adjective. Um, yeah, pre you know, we all, you know, girls with big bangs, aquanetted high, and, you know, just puffy hair, big, we all raise longhorns, we're all arrogant and cocky. Anybody from, anybody that's not from the great nation of Texas, is there anybody that's from, 
So listen, you guys probably before you moved here, you didn't you right, you had some what did you think about Texans? Still We're gonna cast out a demon right now, right here in front of everybody this morning. Give me the oh the oil. What 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 was one? What's what do you have? When you cross the state lines, are there are major highways and McDonald's. Dirt roads. Yeah, you thought we all lived on dirt roads. Right? Awesome, good. Indoor plumbing. Yeah, we have that here. Yeah. I'm telling you, preconceived ideas or opinions. Hey, what about when I say Oakland Raider fans? <laughs> See? Come on. These are my people. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? I mean, if you root for the Oakland Raiders, you, you've probably been in the penitentiary, right? You, you're probably a rapper, you know? You wear shoulder pads with spikes on them, right? You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, you paint yourself black and silver, and you don't ever have any hopes of winning anything. You're a loser, right? You just, you lose. Or like San Diego Chargers. I just, oh, shoot. Open up a can. Hey, listen, so listen, are you be, we, we, we do have opinions and preconceived ideas not based on reason or actual experience, whether you think of NASCAR, the Oakland Raiders, or even us Texans, right? And, and none of us would say, you know, I, I, I'm proud of that necessarily. Some prejudice might be okay, though, with Oakland Raider fans. I don't know. But, but none of us would say, you know, I... Maybe I have been guilty of such behavior, right? We've got these opinions, not based on anything that we really know. Maybe for some of us, it's the way we were brought up. For some of us, it's something that we've seen or heard on TV, and we know that television is always accurate, you know? Or, or maybe it's something that we heard somebody else say. Or maybe it's something that's popular, and if we're not careful, we can let some of these ideas and opinions that even culture speaks creep in and affect who we are. Even in settings like this. I, I've often wondered in, in, in our houses of worship all across this area that are filled with worshipers, how would somebody who, who, who walks in right now that, that maybe is just dressed a little bit differently than whatever we think right, is, is proper attire for Sunday? Hey, listen, if, for, for those of you that come in, listen, we, we don't care what you wear, just wear something. This is a family program, okay? Shorts, flip-flops, tank tops, whatever. But, but you know that, I'm, that, that in some places people walk in, and may, or maybe they don't smell, right, or they just, they're dressed a little bit different. Some of you have some opinions as you drove in the parking lot today about the people and the kind of cars they pulled up in, Right? For, for some of us, maybe we, we know someone that maybe has a bad reputation or we've heard some stuff around town around, about them. And how would they be treated if they were to walk in right now? Or, or, or what, about, what about somebody that has spent time in the penitentiary with an Oakland Raider fan? What, what about that person that, that has a criminal background or a record? How would they be treated in this house? What, 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 what about, about, about someone who, who has tattoos? You know, those are, aren't those some real-life things that, that, that have crept into to the body of Christ? And for years, these opinions and ideas, Angie and I just met a young lady this morning that, that came for the very first time. And she said, this is the first time I've been in church in a 
long time. I quit the church because of this very thing, being judged and people looking down upon me. You know what else she said? She said, I want you to know something. She said, I have become an agnostic, but Wednesday I returned to Jesus. Is that not awesome? But she was here this morning, and she says, you know, some of those things that you just described, that's what caused me to leave the church. Because am I, I'm telling the truth, right? I'm not making this stuff up. This is real. And I know none of us would, would say, you know what, that's who we're going to be and what we're about. No, no, no. Preconceived idea or opinion that's not based on reason or experience. When, when I was in Colorado this, this summer, the first day of, of camp, the, the camp host that I was speaking at took me to, to, to grab lunch before we got started. And, and I was in Monument, Colorado, just north of Colorado Springs there, and they, they took me to a Chinese restaurant. Now, I don't know about you. I love me some Chinese food, right? I love Chinese food. But, but something just told me this could go bad. I'm in the middle of Colorado. That's a long way from China. Um, <laughs> This, this, there's a good chance that this is not going to be the real deal, right? But I went, and I'm telling you, it was absolutely incredible. If you're looking for a place to have lunch today, I would recommend this, this Chinese place in Monument, Colorado today. It's absolutely incredible. It was great. Now, I love Chinese food for so many reasons. You're looking at me, and you can probably tell the biggest reason. But here's the I love Chinese food because at the end of your meal, they bring you dessert, and it's free. And it's wrapped in a package, and it's called a fortune cookie. See, some of you like some Chinese food, right? I'm telling you, I'm, just, I'm, I'm helping Lung Fung in Shanghai right now, aren't I, today. You're going to run for it afterwards. I love a fortune cookie because I'm, I'm the, I like a little something sweet after I eat my meal. Anybody else? Something a little sweet after you? Yeah, I love that. And they bring me that, and, and, and I love it. I used to love it Payway where they were fortune cookies were like at your own leisure. You could take what you want. I tell my kids, hey, guys, load up. You know, this is going in your lunch boxes this week, and I need about 12 of them before we get to Bernie. And, uh, but the great thing about a fortune cookie is not only does it taste good, but there's something inside those cookies. It's called a fortune. Duh, it's fortune. And I love fortune cookies for so long. I love fortunes because it gives me my lucky numbers for the lottery. How many of you have played that game before with don't clap? This, I actually brought my, my, my fortune from that restaurant that day, and I, 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 learned, I can learn Chinese. I learned the word for sugar. It's tang. Tang? T-A-N-G. Right? I know ni hao is hello. Ni hao? Ni hao? Xi xi is thank you. So I'm, I'm working on it. Okay? But I learned sugar. But you know, on the other side, there's always this thing called the fortune. And this, is, this is the real deal. This was my fortune that day. From the Chinese restaurant in Monument, Colorado. The Lord knew what I was going to be sharing with you. Here's what it said. Prejudice is the child of ignorance. It's strong, isn't it? Prejudice is the child of ignorance. You know, it's easy for us to look around at other people and see their meanness. By the way that they treat other people or the opinions or the prejudices that they carry around. And, 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 and it's easy for us to label them and say, oh, I cannot believe you would treat someone or think that way towards someone or someone else. It's much more difficult, isn't it, for us to look inside and see our own insensitivity. 
Am I talking to anybody? It's really easy for us to make quick decisions and and other based on what we see, these external factors. I'm telling you, it's much harder to get past the external and see the person that's inside, right? It's harder. As I was thinking about this time, it reminded me of a story in in the Old Testament. When Samuel was called by God, the prophet Samuel called by God to go and anoint a new king. You'll find the story in 1 Samuel chapter 16. I'm going to begin reading in verse 1. And in verse 3, we'll pick the words up on the screen for you. But here's what it said. Now the Lord said to Samuel, you have mourned long enough for Saul. Saul is the reigning king. But, but, but there's somebody that, that God has his eye on that is to be the new king. To rise up and, and, and take over um, uh, uh, the people. And so, Samuel, you, you've mourned long enough for Saul. I have rejected him as the king of Israel. So, so fill your, your, your flask with olive oil and go to Bethlehem. Find a man named Jesse who lives there. For I have selected one of his sons to be my king. But Samuel asked, how, how can I do that? If Saul hears about it, he, he will kill me. And then I love what the Lord says, take a heifer with you. Listen, if you're in a pickle today, just take a heifer with you. Just take a heifer. Mm, Just take one. Because it worked out for Samuel here. Take a heifer with you, the Lord replied. And say that you've come to make a sacrifice to the Lord. Well, now we know what the heifer was for. Invite Jesse to the sacrifice, it says in verse 3. And I will show you which of his sons to anoint for me. Jesse had eight sons. And so Samuel did as the Lord instructed. And when he arrived at Bethlehem, the elders of the town came trembling to meet him. What's wrong, they asked. Do you come in peace? You see, when, an old, when a prophet in the Old Testament showed up, things probably weren't good. God had a word for the people. There was a judgment. There was maybe a warning. Hey, somebody's about to come and attack you. And so the elders and the religious types would always get nervous when a prophet would show up, right? Do you come in peace, they asked Samuel. In verse 5, yes, Samuel replied. I've come to sacrifice to the Lord. Purify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. Then Samuel performed the purification rite for Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice too. And when they arrived, Samuel took one look at Eliab and thought, Surely this is the Lord's anointed. But the Lord said to Samuel, and let's read these words out loud. Don't judge by his appearance or height, for I have rejected him. The Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And Jesse told his son Abinadab then to step forward and to walk in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, this is not the one the Lord has chosen. Next, Jesse summoned Shemaiah. But Samuel said, neither is this the one the Lord has chosen. Now, I understand that one because his name is Funky. And that's just not a good king name. Shemaiah. Who's your king? Shemaiah. No, you want a king like Thor. <laughs> Captain America's my king, bro. Yeah. Shemaiah. In the same way, all of seven of Jesse's sons were presented to Samuel, 
But Samuel said to Jesse, the Lord has not chosen any of these. And then Samuel asked, are all, are all of these, the son, are all, are these the sons you have? All of them? Well, they're still the youngest, Jesse replied. But he's out in the fields and he's watching the sheep and the goats. Send for him at once, Samuel said. And we will not sit down until he arrives. <clears throat> so Jesse sent for him. And he was dark and handsome with beautiful eyes. I think of Pastor Howard Hayworth right now. I'm telling you, just look into his eyes after worship today and you'll be mesmerized. You're a one pretty man right there. Jesse sent for him. He was dark and handsome with beautiful eyes. And the Lord said, this is the one. Anoint him. And so as David stood there among his brothers, Samuel took the flask of olive oil that he'd brought, and he anointed David with the oil. And the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David from that day on. And then Samuel returned to Ramah. There was already a king, wasn't there? His name was Saul. Saul was tall and handsome. He was an impressive-looking man. He was, he was the type of king that, that you would be proud to have representing your nation and, 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 and on the throne. But the problem was the Lord had rejected him. And so what we find here in 1 Samuel 16 is Samuel going to find the next king. Now, I can't blame Samuel for, for this little parade that took place in Jesse's presence that day. Because Samuel would probably be like many of us. Samuel was probably looking for, for someone who looked most like Saul, right? To be Israel's next king. He, he, he wanted someone that just looked the part. He looked like a good king. Shemaiah, no thank you. Give me a Saul. Somebody that's formidable. But we find here God warning Samuel against judging by appearance Alone. Now, I know what you're thinking. This is something that they dealt with back in the Old Testament days. This is not a problem for us in the year 2016, judging people by their outward appearance, right? Guys, you know that appearance doesn't reveal what people are really like or what their true value is. You, you, you know that, right? But, 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 but how quickly are we in this day and age in, in which we live, we're so quick to look at people and, 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 and in a matter of seconds, we are assessing them and, and we're, we're stereotyping them and we're coming to all sorts of conclusions, preconceived ideas or opinions that are not based on reason or actual experience. We're prejudiced. We're prejudiced. I want us to deal with that today. Because if we're going to be the body of Christ, if we're going to keep our head on the swivel and, 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 and respond to people that are in need around us, we must slay this disease called prejudice. Are you with me today, church? Now, let me ask you, how many of you have refrigerators? Anybody? It's <laughs> a dumb question, I know. But... Why, why are refrigerator doors so important? Some of you may say, well, to keep that cold air inside. I, my dad used to bust me. Boy, close that door. 
Don't be drinking out of the milk jug with the door open. Close the door and drink out of the milk jug, right? Get, so, yeah, no one wants milk when you come to my house. I'm just telling you. Um, but keep that cold air inside, right? Or for some of you, no, you keep that door closed so that little light bulb doesn't burn out inside. Who, what do you do when that happens? You know, I got to buy a new refrigerator, you know? Because well, just, yeah. But you might be forgetting one of the most important functions of a refrigerator door. You know what it is? You guessed it. It's to display the art that your kids color and draw, right? How many of you know what I'm talking about? Round of applause. You, yeah, uh, your, your refrigerator door. And you, your husband bought you this $2,000 stainless steel. Got all sorts. But man, it's like plastered with artwork from your kids, right? Or graduation announcements or wedding announcements, it seems like for some of us, right? But it, yeah, I, I love refrigerator doors because that's where you display. You can tell a lot about people just by looking at their refrigerator door. Well, and looking and seeing what's inside the refrigerator door, too. You can look and see all sorts of things about people, right? I, ours for years has had artwork on it of our girls. In fact, I brought one piece of, of, of ours. This is actually, I took it off of my refrigerator door, and, and you can't see it. It says, I heart daddy. I love daddy. And it's got a picture of me. I love this because I'm real skinny here. And, um, and Angie's hair is in perfect place. She, it's long, and, and there are little hearts that are flowing up. We're holding hands. And this has been on our refrigerator. I actually took it a couple years ago and put it in my office. If you were to walk around in my office, you're going to see artwork of my kids in, in, in our home. You're going to see various... Play. Listen, these, things, these, these are precious to me. You know why? Be, because of, of who made them. Who created them. The, the, the persons that created this. And I know that you're saying, oh man, she, she can improve a lot. Come on. She was like six months when she drew this. Okay? She... <laughs> gifted. She's advanced. But this thing is, I would take this over any piece of art from the Louvre. I was told that's a famous museum. Um, but, but because of who, this is precious and a masterpiece to me because of who made them. The person that created this is precious to me. And so check this out. This little piece of art that you've laughed at is important and precious to me. Reminds me of a song that many of us learned when we were in, in Sunday school or in church growing up, vacation Bible school or whatever. We used to sing a song that went like this. Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the world. Red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in his sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world. That little silly song has stood out to me. And it preaches volumes, doesn't it, in relation to our topic today. That song says that all the children of the world are precious to him. They're precious to Jesus. He loves them all. They are all precious to him. People of every color. People of every background. People of every IQ. People of every nationality. People of every age. They are all precious to Jesus. And church, can I just tell you something? They had all better be precious to us as well. They all better be precious to us. But sadly... So many people aren't precious to us. And we know what God says in Romans chapter 2, verse 11. We know that God does not show favoritism. But sadly, too often, 
God's children do. We do show favoritism. And we are respecters of persons. We, we, we judge people by, by, by their category. It, you know, I remember growing up in school. School's about starting. And in school, don't we, we look at people. I remember we moved from a, from a large city to a small city when I was going into middle school. And I'll never forget when, when I moved to this, this little town, the, my little seventh grade friends that I met at church said, listen, are you going to play football? I had never played football because where I grew up, there was a weight limit, and I've just always been healthy. I drank milk from the jug, right? I always weighed too much. I never could play football, so I moved. I never played football. I moved to town. You're going to play football? You better play football because if you don't play, listen, you either play football here or you're a goat roper. What the heck? To a city kid, what do y'all do out here in the country? Goat roper? Or you're in the band. We all know how they feel about people in the band. It's what they said. I like band people. They make my job easy. Right? So I said, I play football. But even in school, right? You're an athlete. They label you, stereotype you. Uh, you participate in the science fair projects. Right? When it's voluntary. <laughs> you're in the band. We label that. Pokemoners. Some prejudices are okay, I think. Just, no, just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. It's great for 18 and under. Um, the jobs that people have, or if they don't have a job, don't we have opinions about them? Where, they, where their kids go to school. We elevate some and we lower others. The cars they drive, the clothes they wear, the shoes. I read something years ago in GQ magazine that said, oh, the things that matter the most when people look at you are the, the watch you wear and the shoes you wear. That's all that matters. And I bought into that. And I still buy into that, don't I? But we label people. We have these prejudices. And for some of us, we, 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 we're, we secretly and we, we sometimes through these opinions that we have about people, we, we think of some people just not quite on our level, don't we? They're just not where we're at. They're not our type. Or, or maybe we judge them as being, they're outsiders. Or maybe they're just not quite as important as we are. Hey, listen. Don't try telling that to God. Because his opinion is that you and I are surrounded by people. And check this out. From the little song we sang, they are are precious to him. Why? For the same reason that my girl's artwork is precious to me because of who made them. Genesis chapter 1 verse 27, we read that every man or woman in the world was made in the image of the almighty God himself. We know in Psalm chapter 139, it says that every man and woman in our world is fearfully and wonderfully made. And as in the Bible's words, as it says in Ephesians chapter 2, God's workmanship. Yeah. Every person in the image of God, fearfully, wonderfully made. God's workmanship. But listen, our subtle racism... Our subtle prejudice or feelings of superiority, listen, they are nothing less than sin. I said sin to a holy God who so loved the world 
that he gave his only son. Could, could, could we then possibly say that when we don't love the world that God created, that gave his very own son for, when we don't love it, could we then say that we're being disobedient and that is considered sin in the face of a holy God? Listen, our Savior went out of his way to be with those that everyone considered being of less worth. In his ministry, Jesus made it a practice to to get past the external. He would walk past the religious leaders of the day to express his forgiveness to a repentant prostitute. He would make a despised Samaritan the example of what it means to be a good neighbor. He could see past the dishonesty of a tax collector. He could see something underneath the, 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 the temper of that ordinary fisherman. He would stop an entire parade. This is long before the princess diaries pulled it out. He would stop an entire parade around him for that one blind beggar named Bartimaeus who just wouldn't shut up. He would stop the parade and say, bring that man to me. He reached out and touched the leper that everyone else shunned and turned their back on. Talk about a scandal. Whoa. Lepers were the lowest of the low. These people who had the skin disease where it just fell off. Total outcast in that day and age. No one ever touched a leper except Jesus. Jesus. Every person, you see, is of equal value to him. He... He could find the good in in everyday people. He wasn't so caught up with the external factors that that oftentimes sway our attention. He was more concerned with those internal attributes that provide a window into a person's heart. And so church, listen. Every person should be of equal value to you and me. Because of who made them and who we follow. Are you with me? Jesus' followers don't get to choose who they'll treat as precious because they're all precious to him. Are you with me? No matter what race, no matter what class, no matter what their education, no matter what nation or religion they come from, they are all precious to our Father. And I'm just telling you, our mission is to show every person in our world how special they are to him because of who made them. Wow. Do you see people that way? Let me just remind you what we read in scripture. Don't judge by his appearance or height for I have rejected him. The Lord doesn't see things the way that you see them. People judge by the outward appearance but the Lord looks at the the heart. You see, if we have any dreams or aspirations of being the bride of Christ and represent him in this culture, we've got to get past this thing called prejudice. Am I making sense today? But here's what I know. There are some of you in this house today that are eat up with it. It is a disease and an illness. Pastor Chuck said, I don't know what you carry in, what you brought in here today. I know that there are some of you that walked in here today with prejudice in you. 
So here's what we're going to do today. Because we believe that Jesus is here. We believe that Jesus is a great healer. There's nothing too big for him to handle. Today, we're going to give you an opportunity to lay aside prejudice. Today can be a breakthrough for someone in this house as you get rid of this disease. I want to ask you to stand with me this morning. And here's what we're going to do. This is abnormal than what we normally do, but here's what we're going to do today. I want to ask those of you that will declare that, hey, listen, this is a problem I have. Prejudice is an illness that I carry around, and today I want to lay it at the, at the altar. I want to lay it at the feet of Jesus and ask him to take it. I want to ask you to come and kneel at the front today. If that's you, you come. If you want to get rid of it, you want to lay aside prayer, you just come right now and kneel. You just come and kneel. Father, forgive me for the prejudice that has kept me from responding to people and treating people the way that you treat them. God, I declare there have been times in which I've not loved like you loved us. God, there have been times even which I know the words to the song and I know scripture after scripture. God, I've not responded and I've not been Jesus to people. And Father, I'm asking you today, would you please forgive me of that? It is no longer, no longer going to be a part of my life. Holy Spirit, take it from me right now in this moment. Cleanse me, Lord. Wash me. Rid me of this illness. Lord, I want to be like Jesus. I want to see people through Jesus' eyes, and I want to respond to people like Jesus would respond to people. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. Jesus loves the little children. All the children of the world, red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in his sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world. Lord, help me to love like you love. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.